0: Great to be talking with you all again. You've heard me say there's a few things that are overrated over the years, no doubt. Self-discipline, massively overrated. Accountability, massively overrated. It's not that they have no value. It's just that they're esteemed as everything for most people. The only tool in the shed. Uh, another thing that fits in that category is trust. Uh, trust has has value, and, and as you'll see, it has v- it has a lot of value, but not the way that most people think of it. Trust in the way that most relationships use it is, is highly overrated. It's far less less useful as a condition for, for a loving relationship than you'd imagine. I'm sure that if you were to list off the, the qualities that would make for a, a beautiful marriage or a, you know, a lovely friendship or great working relationship, you'd have to say that being able to trust someone would be high up on the list. Um, but let me uh, let me unpack this idea for you by using a couple of examples Uh, the first one is you know back when I had a business partnership I had uh, up to 30 coaches working for me in one season delivering a a program running some IP that I developed uh, in a six-week coaching program for employment agencies coaching the long-term unemployed and and as I was training others to use my IP and having contractors work for me, I had a number of people say to me, oh boy, you know, I hope you can trust these people. I hope that you find people you can trust that are not going to do the wrong thing by you, that are not going to take your IP, that are not going to undermine your process. And I always thought that was a strange thing because trust in that context is, it's this hope, it's this false hope really that you just, hope that someone doesn't do the wrong thing by you because you asked them not to or because it would be bad for you if they did, Um, that's a really (laughs) shaky ground to build any relationship. No wonder people have so much anxiety in business, let alone in marriage and and in friendships, because you're just hoping that things won't go bad. You're hoping that people won't betray your trust and, and undermine your relationship because it would be bad for you. Interestingly, a far higher form of motivation is is much more self-seeking. I just set up the contractor relationships like this. It would be bad for them to do the wrong thing by me. Not sure it would be bad for me, but more importantly, it would be it would be bad for them to to use me and abuse me, to burn me, to undermine me, to take my IP would cost them in a way that's catastrophic. And not because there's some threats of legal action. It's We've set up this relationship in a way that works really well for them. It's highly motivating. It's highly engaging them. It's giving them opportunities they wouldn't have had on their own. And so, yeah, it it works for them to do the right thing by me because then they get more of what they want. If they do the wrong thing by me, then they lose. They get less of what they want. So they are actually motivated by their own self-interest, more than me requiring them to do the right thing. The same is true in marriage. A couple of years ago, I had my first real opportunity to have an affair. I never saw it coming. I didn't think that day would ever arrive. Didn't go looking for it, but nevertheless, it showed up. Now, the reason I didn't have an affair was not because Catherine asked me not to. It's not even because I said I wouldn't. It's not because of the trust that we've built within our relationship. Ultimately, the reason I didn't have an affair is because I looked through that experience the following morning, waking up on the other side of that, having slept with someone who's not my wife, and I pictured that reality. And that reality, that reality didn't look very good. That was a deep betrayal to myself, more than a betrayal to Catherine. Firstly, I would have to betray myself to do that. That would cost me everything I want. That would change the relationship with everyone in my world. Especially my kids, especially my wife. It would undermine my ability to show up wholehearted as a coach. So there's my whole life's work out the drain. Every time I looked in the mirror, it would be a very painful experience of betraying the values and the dream that I had for my life. I know what I want, and that future had nothing to do with what I want. So ultimately, that was a far more powerful motivator to not have an affair than because Catherine hoped that I wouldn't have an affair. So when I say trust is overrated, obviously I am a trustworthy person. And and that's a good thing. It's I am a safe person. I am trustworthy. But not because I've been asked to be trustworthy. Not because someone hopes that I won't do the wrong thing by them. I am trustworthy because I trust myself. I am trustworthy because I know what I want and I don't want to do the wrong thing by me, <laughs> first and foremost. That's why you can trust me because doing the wrong thing by me would be bad. Doing the wrong thing by you would be bad for me. So that's why I'm not going to do it. So if, if you want to become a trustworthy person, maybe you've lost trust. Maybe you have behaved in a way that has uh, gone against your values or gone against what someone else hoped you would do. Maybe you've made decisions that are very short-sighted and, and give you short-term gain but ultimately ruin you, your long-term future. And so uh, obviously the first step is to make a full and effective apology. And There are four steps to that. Uh, and And I think the believability, which is the final step, a believable plan why this is unlikely to happen again, means you're going to have to include these three steps as well. How to become a trustworthy person. The first thing is, it's essential to become very clear about what you want. I, I I say it all the time. I think less than 5% of the world's population are clear about what they want. It's a dangerous question. It's a difficult question. It It, it exposes a bunch of insecurity. It opens up the potential for failure and disappointment and rejection. It certainly increases conflict. But nevertheless, it's the central adult question. It's the kid. It's the question that kids think they're ready for but are not, and adults are ready for but don't want. If you want to become a trustworthy person, you actually have to go back and open the dream space and be very clear about what it is that you want primarily. What life do you want to live? What kind of person do you want to be? What's most important to you? What's this compelling vision you have for your own life? Without that, there's no true north. There's no way of telling whether whether a certain decision, a certain action is going to be good for you because you don't really know where you're heading. You don't know where you're taking things. People say to me all the time, oh, Jamie, it's really hard to know what I want. and Maybe I don't know what I want. Uh, Yeah, that's not the issue. It doesn't matter whether it's hard or easy. And of course, you do know what you want. It's just dangerous to say that out loud and on purpose so this is for everyone whether you know whether you're very clear about it or not there's nothing wrong with you it's not like you're some special person who doesn't have any dreams or you're not worthy of that to desire is human so it's in there somewhere Uh, if you'd like to be a trustworthy person open the lid on that again and and set the course feel like be very clear about it second thing is to organize everything towards that end so so when you're clear about what you want more than what you need to do to get there? Who would you need to be? Being proceeds doing. So organize your life toward being that kind of person. R- remember, uh, a higher economy than being than doing what someone asks you to do is self-referencing. Is being very clear about what you want to do, about what's good for you, about where you are heading. So if you're organizing all your energy all your focus, all your resources toward the kind of person that you want to be, then you are becoming more and more trustworthy. You're becoming more and more predictable. You're becoming more and more safe. You are evolving into a good human being. That's the whole point. You can't become a good human being if you've never set the coordinates for that kind of life. Organize everything toward that. And and finally, number three, wake up and grow up. So, I'm sure all of us have had ex- experiences and examples of behaviour that is incongruent with the life that we want, and does weaken our trustworthiness, and it 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 is a betrayal to ourselves. So, you know, you might be listening to this going, "Yeah, that's all good and well, but I don't even know how to." control my own behavior. There's a bunch of weird stuff in my life that I don't even know why I do. And I keep doing it even though I tell myself not to do it. So I don't even trust myself, really. This is this is why this third point is an, is an essential component to being a trustworthy person. Wake up and grow up. Wake up is about self-awareness. It's about rather than running and hiding, it's this willingness to stop running, to turn the lights on and to be here, to do it. And, an accurate assessment of where your life is heading and what it is made up of and what's actually going on for you. It's to, it's to be present and to stop the fight, to stop forcing. It's to observe who you are and without judgment. You can't do self-judgment and self-awareness at the same time. So the waking up process is the ability to to be self-aware. And the growing up is the process of becoming fully adult which so many of these podcasts are actually about. That, that is a theme that covers a lot of this content, fully becoming an adult. One of the central aspects of that is updating the way you meet your needs. So every behavior is an attempt to meet your needs. So if you're not waking up and growing up, it's likely that there's a whole bunch of behavior in your life that A, you're not even aware about, but B, is set up in a way that is meeting a need but violating value just because you don't even know why you do what you do. You've never looked at it and you've never updated it. You created a strategy when you were a kid to meet a behavior or protect a fear and you've never adjusted it. So (laughs) have a look at it. Actually separate your behavior from your intention. Understand why you do what you do. It's not a mystery. Your behavior is not broken. It's not weird. It's not a coincidence. It's serving a purpose. It's very strategically set up to do that. And working exactly as you set it up, have a look at it, and then use your adult skills to adjust it. Typically, when people start the wake-up process and they review their own behavior, almost all of their, their strategy for meeting their core needs is all external. They're all trying to validate themselves, give themselves certainty, variety, significance, love through things and through people. And it's messy and there's a whole bunch of dirt they're sucking up into their system that's against the kind of life that they would like. So, you know, firstly, number one, be clear about what you want to organize everything toward that, which is going to require you to wake up and then grow up, which means bringing these these strategies in-house, internalizing the way you meet your needs, giving yourself significance and certainty and love, validating and accepting your own your own life. The amazing thing is that that gives you the ability to displace dysfunctional behavior. If you find a better way to meet a need, then the old behavior can just drop out. Six coordinates is wonderful. Tony Robbins, I uh, say it all the time, such, such a great contribution to the space. Obviously, the aim of the game is to be a trustworthy person, but you do that by building trust with yourself first, to be self referenced, to be awake and alive and mature positions you in the world as a good human being and that's not just good for you that is good for everyone that's how you have healthy relationships in the world it's out of an overflow of a healthy relationship with yourself first that's your work if you've broken and violated trust with others fix your own relationship first that is the only way you ever become trustworthy for anyone else ever again i hope that's useful Uh, for those anticipating the unnecessary speaking her. Adelaide, coming to you shortly. Melbourne, I'm still coming. It's now in September. I'm also on the Gold Coast. Sydney, well, we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, looking forward to being in the room with you. You can still get tickets at jaminfraser.com. Talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the 7 Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity.